Welcome to Music and Life. I'm Alita Sharp. And I'm MD. And we are so excited to have you with us today. I'm excited about our guest. Yeah. <laughs> we really are. You can, can you feel the excitement in here? Can you feel the, the excitement? <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know, we, we, we are here with you guys every Friday at 5 p.m. It's supposed to be 5 p.m. That's the plan. Part of what we want to do is talk about music, but also talk about life and the things that are important to us. And so, as Alida said, we're excited to have Tom with us as a guest with us. Uh, we, we've we been talking about our spouses um, a lot. Yes, we have. <laughs> right? And so, yes, we, we, have. we have the privilege of hearing from Tom. Um, he is an artist. Uh, I, I love his art. I'm, I'm waiting for the day that I can get what piece of his art in my house somewhere. Oh, um, so, that's, that's something I'm working towards. But yeah, so Tom, welcome. It's good to have you. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, so did, did we actually officially introduce you? No, you didn't. No, okay. no we did is, <laughs> That's okay. This is Tom Sharp, and he happens to be my husband. We've been married a long time. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> I was looking at you like you were going to say something. Yeah. So, but um, like Merv said, you know, we've, we've talked about our spouses a lot. We're both married to artists, and um, we wanted to have Tom come in and share some about his... Um, creative process and and um, what he does so i'm happy to be here with you <laughs> so yeah so i i want to jump in with, with the first first question tom oh, good. um this is not related to art but this is related to this life so what drew you to miss alida i know I, i'm, I'm get, i know that's a kind of off the guard question but yeah <laughs> Well, I've, I've always been someone who has been drawn to beauty. Ah, that's a good answer. And thank you. And Alita was uh, beautiful on the outside and also beautiful on the inside. And um, she's very, very smart, very compassionate, uh, a very driven person, um, someone who is, is uh, really passionate in, in things that she believes in and is a person of integrity. And so all of those uh, things uh, combined into uh, just one really incredible uh, package. And so, as Alita said earlier, we've been married uh, 36 years, headed towards 37. And um, I'm, I'm very grateful for our relationship and our marriage. Awesome. You know, I, I wanna thank you for that answer, Tom, because you know, one of the things I love about you, you're able to summarize things really nicely. And if someone asks me what drew me to my wife, I'm going to use your answer. Okay. I, just, I just want you to know All right. up front. <laughs> as long as it's true. It is very true. Okay. You know, I, my wife is an artist and that my, the first thing that I did when I found that out was I gave her a picture of myself and I said, hey, uh, what can you do with this? And she did a drawing, a, a, a sketch of it, a portrait sketch of it. And instantly I knew this was someone that I really respected. I didn't know she was going to be my wife at the time, but that was my test to see if that's someone I wanted in my circle, you know. She passed your test. She passed my test. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that Ruth passed the test and I'm glad that I did as well. I am too. <laughs> and I was, you know, Merv, when you asked that question, I wasn't sure what the answer was going to be. So I was a little nervous over here. I was sweating. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's okay. So yeah, we did talk about um, Tom being an artist, but also um, Tom has a master's degree in marriage and family therapy. So you're a, ma- um, a marriage therapist or marriage and family therapist, right? But I, I work primarily with um, children and adults who've been abused or traumatized. I, I don't really do marriage uh, therapy anymore. So I've, I've been working with, with people who've had significant hurts uh, for almost 30 years. So that's, that's a job that um, to me would seem like it comes with a lot of stress. It does come with a lot of stress. And, and for me, uh, painting, art is, is a great outlet uh, it helps me process uh, what I've heard from my clients. Uh, it helps me stay centered and focused. Um, and and really, I, I find myself, when I'm in a, a creative process, I feel closest to God. Well, that's interesting. Feeling closer to God when you're in the creative process. What Can you kind of describe what that, what that feels like? Is, is it um, you get inspiration from him or comfort or, or what, what, what's that like for you? Well, I, I, like I said, I, I feel close to God uh, because he's, he's the ultimate creator. And uh, when I'm trying to create something, uh, there's, there's just a, a bond and a connection. Um, and, and I don't know that I, I guess I consider myself an artist. I'm, I'm not really sure, but I, I think I'm discovering it uh, later in life. Um, I used to design and make jewelry, and that was something that also uh, helped me feel close to God as well, and was a was a great creative outlet. Um, you know, I remember before we uh, left the states and we went to Russia. Uh, you know, we we used my jewelry, we sold my jewelry as a way of of raising funds, and you know, on top of providing you with earrings and bracelets and necklaces. I mean, a woman can never have too much jewelry, I believe. <laughs> but it was a way for us to, to raise funds and, and uh, pay for our, our, our move to Russia. Yeah, that was, that was real exciting for me. And like you said, a woman can never have too much jewelry. Yeah. And one of the things I loved is, is your creative eye. Um, you always seemed to be able to match whatever you were working on to clothes that I had. And so I, I always had things that matched everything I wore. And I, this was like incredible. And, and, and to be able to go out and tell somebody, you know, oh, you know, where'd you get those earrings? Oh, my husband made them, you know. <laughs> That's cool. So um, how did you get started with, with art? How did you get started? Um, was, were you a child? What, what, what was that process like? Well, my, my grandmother uh, has painted. She started uh, later in her life. And I remember watching her. I use watercolors and float the sky in and, and those sorts of things. Um, and I probably was about eight or nine when um, I began taking art lessons from this older lady in the neighborhood. She had several other uh, kids that were there. Um, but I had lots of questions. <laughs> I, I wanted to understand the how. And uh, I wasn't very satisfied with um, her teaching direction or, or leadership. She would just put objects out and tell us to paint them. And I, I and that was it. She didn't give any, any direction. <laughs> that, that I would want to know how as well, especially for me, <laughs> I'm just saying. And then, then she would go back into her bedroom and, and watch a TV show hmm. and leave all of us out here. And so, you know, I, I had lots of questions. And uh, so I think I only lasted maybe three or four lessons with her because it just, for me, it was not a satisfactory 
experience. I was, I was, like I said, eight, and I needed a little bit more direction than what she was giving. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, and, and that's Goodness. interesting. And that's interesting because you know a lot of, you know, we were talking about this earlier before we went on, <clears throat> on air. But a lot of kids, uh, they have these natural potential within. But they're never discovered or they never get an opportunity to fully develop because a teacher didn't care enough. Uh, the instructor didn't care enough to, to prepare or to, to give more in the class, you know. And, um, and that's something that I just want to encourage educators out there. Let's take education more seriously and um, let's take what we do more seriously so that the next, those who are actually signed up for your class, they're paying, they're there because they want it, right. that they have something of value. I mean, I won't, I won't call this organization because I don't want to, you know, but I, I, did a, I did a course once. I went, I spent a lot of money to go do this course for, for three months and I was thoroughly disappointed mm -hmm. because I felt like I could have stayed home and do this. It, it wasn't, they didn't put, in my opinion, they, they put a lot of emphasis on the wrong areas and not on the actual mm -hmm. how to do the areas that I was interested in, right? And so I'm very skeptical now which course I sign up for mm. because of that. Yeah. That's too bad. So how did you recover from that that learning experience? Because you, you obviously, you're still painting now. How did you bounce back from that? Well, then when I was probably 11 or 12 in junior high, I had, um, I took art classes and had a couple of really good um, art teachers. Uh, learned how to do uh, that uh, hook rug stuff, and I worked with copper uh, one time, and I really enjoyed that. Made some things that I really liked. Um, and uh, then, then my my older sister uh, and my mother um, began uh, making pottery, and um, I, I just it, I just feel really. Uh, relaxed and comfortable when I'm when I'm painting. I, I, I painted when our kids were young, but we just didn't really have a whole lot of time. And so then I probably went dormant for maybe I don't know, 15 years, 20 years, something like that. And it wasn't until I we were in Russia uh, that I began uh, painting again. Now you, um, I I know what a lot of your work looks like, and especially the work when you first got started again in Russia. Um, Tell us about what you were using, what kind of materials you were using when you were painting there in Russia. Well, in, in Russia, we had absolutely no money, it seems like, and paint was expensive, canvas was expensive. And uh, if I could afford canvas, I didn't have money for paint. If I could afford paint, <laughs> I didn't have money for canvas. And so I, I switched to using pastels, the, the, the oil, uh, crayon-like uh, materials. And uh, I would get some good paper and uh, use those. Um, frames were incredibly expensive uh, uh, to make, and so I, I noticed that uh, in Russia, as in uh, other parts of, of Europe, they usually have small windows um, above their main windows, and you open those to help regulate the heat in the building. And many people in our area were changing out their windows. They were going from old wooden frame windows to vinyl. Uh, double-paned windows and so at the dumpster I would find these wooden windows mm. some with glass some without glass some with broken glass uh, but they were old uh, old uh, window frames and those became the the frames that I would put my pictures in 
the the pastel pictures in and, and so our area was known as as uh, the the Kuban area and so I, I did a, a whole series called the windows of Kuban <laughs> and so I did I drew architecture I did buildings I did uh, the curious neighbor uh, I did <laughs> the pictures of the the cat babushka that would sit down at the stoop what of does, our. What does the curious neighbor look like? The... Oh, it was it was such a great picture. It was it was this man kind of peeking around a corner, <laughs> and I just I love the way he captured it. You know, it was it was incredible. I I, I would love to see that one. The curious neighbor. We'll show you a picture of it. I've got a picture of it. And so that you know, I not everybody thinks that way. Not everybody would look at a at an old broken window frame and say, "Hmm, I could do something with that." Yeah, yeah. And I think and I think that's key. You know, that to me, that's that's a unique ability, Tom, that you have that a lot of people don't have. And I and, and you said earlier, you know, when you do art, you feel closer to God, mm-hmm. and because God is a creator, and and that's kind of what God does in Isaiah. He says he takes he takes makes beauty from ashes mm-hmm. is it being able to look at something that people will normally say there's we can't do anything with that and make something beautiful out of it and i think that's the essence of art and that's the essence of creativity well i remember driving alita crazy when we were in russia we were in our first uh rental apartment and uh it was right in front of a bus stop and there was a car accident one day and the guys came and you know took the car away and took the the people away that kind of thing but I went out there and, and grabbed a windshield that had been shattered. And I was mm. going to use that, you know, use the, the glass in that. And, and I, would, I would come home with uh, pieces of bottles of, of this colored glass, blue and, and green and red and brown, and uh, hang it on a hubcap or something, you know, and then put it in the sun. Yeah. And the sun would go through the, the glass and it would make all kinds of beautiful colors and stuff on the wall. Wow. I thought Alita was going to kick me out of the house or think that I need to be committed because of all these odds and ends that I would that I would bring home. But I, I did see uh, artistic uh, ability in, in a lot of things that yeah. were discarded many times. Yeah, I think I, I, I did think you were a little strange, but that's, the, <laughs> <laughs> that's been a long time. That um, you, know, you thought what, I was I real strange. That, yeah. <laughs> From the very beginning. <laughs> well, then your thoughts were confirmed. Yes, they were. But, um, you know, I remember one of my favorite pieces that you did. I think it actually did have, like, some some broken glass and some gems and, and copper wire and everything. And it was a, it was a cross that you mm. made for the church that we were attending. Mm. Um, tell us about that. Well, um, I wanted to, when we were moving to... Russia. We, we had already um, been over to, to visit and had visited this church several times and felt like that would be our, our church home in Russia. So I wanted to uh, create a gift. Uh, that's a very Russian thing to do when you go visit someone, you bring them a gift. And uh, so I, I took, uh, I, I went and bought uh, a roll of barbed wire and um, shaped it into a cross and, and uh, added some, some jewels to it, some, some beads to it. Um, I aged it. It was probably two and a half feet tall by maybe a foot and a half wide, and uh, presented it to the uh, to the pastor in the the church. And to this day, they still have it on their oh, wall. Wow. It's still something wow. that's good. Yeah, that that they uh, that that they appreciate. And and recently, when we were in Mexico, I, I bought another 
bale of, of barbed wire. So at some point while we're here in Belize, I'll, I'll probably make some more crosses. Yeah, I look forward to that for sure. Yeah, so um, you've done the crosses and you did jewelry. And um, for a while there, you were doing architecture and you're painting and you were doing people. And now you've kind of moved on from that. I remember when we first got here to Belize, I think you did a palm tree and some other things. So what, what are you working on now? Yeah, I remember the, the, the palm tree uh, picture that I, I painted um, when we first got here. It was like a 18 inch by 24 inch wow. frame. Uh, just just a small thing. And I think I paid almost $80 for it at, at Dakers. Uh, that, that's how badly I wanted to get back into painting. And uh, I thought that was an exorbitant amount for a canvas. Yeah, and you don't pay those prices anymore. I don't pay those prices anymore. And prices have come down here as yeah. well. Um, there are a lot more reasonable canvases, a lot more reasonable here. But yeah, I, I spent maybe a week sitting on the, the patio just looking at the, the palm tree uh, that was uh, right in front of me and just studying, studying, hmm. studying, studying before I even broke out the paint and, and began to paint it. So it, it's, uh, I, I like the painting. Uh, it looks very realistic, but I'm, I don't consider myself a realistic painter. I, what I'm doing now is a lot of abstract yeah. painting. And that probably is really out of place here in the jungle. <laughs> um, I know a few years ago when we had an exhibit uh, for artists, uh, a lot of the Belizeans had never seen a, a piece of, of um, abstract art before. So they were very interested in, in what I was doing. Yeah, that was, that was really exciting. I think it was you exhibited for the first time at the Bay. Yes. Um, art festival. Yes. And um, people coming by and looking at it. And I remember children sitting there staring and, and then they would tell their parents what they saw, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and the parents are like looking at you like, is she right? Is he right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's part of the, the draw of abstract of abstract <clears throat> art for me is that uh, people can see what they want to see in it. And um, I think I, I really, I was thinking about this interview. I think I have some, some quirks as, as an artist. Yeah. Really? <laughs> because um, that's one of the things that I like about abstract art is that it's not, it's, it's a non-realistic yeah. uh, approach. It can be forms, it can be shapes, it can be colors, and different people can see different things. Yeah. Uh, but one of my quirks is I noticed that I, I don't um, give titles to my canvases normally. A few years back, I started just numbering them, and um, I, I, I guess for me, part of part of the appeal is that there, there's freedom in that. That if I yeah. put a label, if I it put a title, it then it does box the, yeah. the the artwork in. Where what I'm seeing, uh, it's possible that nobody else sees it at all, yeah. and they see other things uh, that I'm not aware of. Uh, and so that's why I began to just number uh, my my paintings. I, I like that, Pam, and, and it actually. You know, this is good even for me because um, I I loved abstract art and I used to do abstract art, but I never thought it was art. I never thought it was art. I just thought like I'm doodling, I'm messing around. And so I stopped. I mean, I have mm -hmm. my first Photoshop design. Um, I took I took this. Um, it was a picture of a pear or a mango, it was a picture of a mango, and I so warped that thing, and mm -hmm. I twisted it around, and I put a flag in it, and I just, it, you looked at it, and it looked like a mashed up face. Mm -hmm. And 
but I did nothing with it because I was just experimenting with some um, mm -hmm. effects that I had. But I never saw it as art. I just saw it as I'm messing around, so I threw it away. I, didn't, I oh, never no. kept it. And so now I'm thinking like, man, all those pieces. I would sit in classes and I would take lines <clears throat> and I would just mess around with lines and do a full page of different stuff with different colors of lines. But I never kept it because I never saw the value as art. I used to think art was the, all these um, portraits and all these things, right? And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing that point out for anyone who's listening and you might want to know, like you might be wondering, is what I'm doing art? And will it be accepted? And I want to encourage you, don't just throw it away or push it aside. Like there's someone out there will look at it and find that attractive and, and find that find a message or a story in it, you know? That's right. Yeah. And you know, it's taken me a little while um, to to find the beauty in some of the, the abstract pieces that he does. Because I, I can remember years ago, us going into museums and, and you would be drawn to the abstract and I wanted to see the realism, you know, I wanted those, those, the ones that look like portraits, you know, when you see those, they, they look like somebody used their camera and took a photograph, you know, I like the realistic stuff. But um, I, I really think you have to grow in your appreciation for, for different styles of art. So just because what you like is, is not what everybody else likes, doesn't mean that you shouldn't keep going with the art because there is a market out there for it. There are people that are interested in seeing it and appreciating it, um, and, and it does have value. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's good to know. One of the things that Merv mentioned was uh, he was just experimenting with the, the mango picture. Every, every painting that I start, I approach it as it's an experiment. Hmm. You know, I, and I find that, and these are probably another work, I find that <laughs> paintings that I have a real specific idea uh, in my head uh, are, are usually some of the worst uh, pieces that I produce. Yeah. But if I approach it uh, with maybe a general outline, you know, I, I, I might have an idea of how I want the composition to look mm -hmm. or, or uh, what color palette I, I, I want to use. Uh, if, if it's more of a, a general idea, usually those are pieces that somewhere in this experiment, in this process of, of arting, uh, there's, there's been some improvisation that's gone on. And I've made some changes or some alterations to what it was that I thought I had, the plan I had in my, in my head. Usually those are the pieces that turn out that I'm more pleased about, that I, I think they're, they're better than, than some of the others. And um, so uh, approaching things as an experiment. Another quirk I think I have is uh, I would encourage people to, to use any um, material they have at hand. Yeah. You know, I, I can remember um, when, when we lived in, in Russia, there was a, a neighbor who also painted. And I was walking home from language school one day and he had his, his painting uh, outside to sell it. And uh, from the cover of it, it looked like uh, just one of those typical uh, Soviet Union propaganda posters. That was the style that, that he had, had painted in. The, the, there was a man and a woman, they were in uh, Cossack uh, clothing. They had a sickle as if they were <laughs> you know, chopping wheat. Or, or, and uh, so I, I went home and got money and came back and bought it. And when I turned it over, it was a, it was a dish towel. Wow! That was the material he had to paint on. Wow. He didn't have canvas. He didn't have any other fabric. He had a dish towel, and that's what he used. And that was part of what I appreciated. Yeah, and 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 again, I, I want to draw this out because <clears throat> you know we 
we many people are waiting for the right material they're waiting for the right things and they don't start mm -hmm. they don't get going and I, I what I'm hearing in that even for me right now I'm hearing get going That's use right. what you have That's right. get going create and you know you, each time you'll get better and then you'll appreciate the story and the journey That's right. that produced that art piece yeah it, it really does make a difference just just get going I can remember when when um, you were collecting bottle caps. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to do a mosaic out of yeah. bottle caps. Yeah, and, and here I've painted on coconuts. I've, I've tried to paint on palm leaves. Um, I've painted on uh, sheetrock. There was a church was doing remodeling and they had a pile of sheetrock that was odd ends and, and they're gonna throw them away. I took them and, and painted on them. I've, I've picked stuff up out of, out of our neighbor's um, garbage. <laughs> you know, if there's good pieces of wood that I think can be used, or, you know, can be carved or can be painted on. Um, I remember the, the first time I, I, I went to Russia, uh, I was in a, a park with my translator and they were having an artist exhibit. And I saw this um, this uh, painting this, this man, this Russian man had done, and it was of uh, the return of, of Jesus. Mm. Um, but it looked very much like the, the style that uh, is used in the, the Russian Orthodox churches. And when I got close, uh, what I saw was um, th the entire thing was made out of straw. That was the material that the man had to use, and he had he had, mm. he had attached it to a board and then painted on top of the straw. And uh, I actually bought the the painting, had him take the glass out because uh, the glass was real expensive, and uh, brought it back on the airplane. We still have that that uh, painting to this day. You know, I remember walking, we were working on one of Alida's, um, her first project, uh, Make Me Holy, and we were trying to figure out, we were trying to figure out the cover art for for her album, and I remember walking into her house, and we were trying to do this photo shoot, and Alida accidentally stood behind one of your art pieces, and I'm like, that's it, that is the cover, and I mean, like, it, it, everything in the message of it spoke, you know, Make Me Holy, the transition from, from, being pure and through the blood, you could wash through the blood, you know, from darkness into purity. Like it was there for me, right? And so, and and I guess that's an example of how um, an art piece can send, send so much messages um, out there. Mm, that's right, that's right. Yeah, that's an incredible piece. And I, I really feel so blessed um, to have had that piece of artwork on my album cover, because it really, it speaks so many volumes to me. And I think, that one was one that, that did actually get a title, right? That one's called Surrender, or? I'd have to look at the back, yeah, I don't I'd remember. have to look at the back of it, but um, that was one of the, you did that piece here yes. in, in Belize. Yeah, and, and that was a piece that um, I actually went out onto the street and, and got a bucket of, of sand hmm. and incorporated sand and grit. I uh, mixed it with some of the paint because uh, I wanted there to be more texture in it, mm -hmm. you know, for it not to just be flat, the paint to be flat, but to have a dimension to it. Where well, again, just want to remind you guys, we are here with Tom Sharp. He's an artist. You might not acknowledge that, but he's an artist in right. Um, I think he's uh, he's a pioneer. I will say in in using what's there and creating, making art and making uh, making beauty from ashes, making beauty from the things around. And so uh, it's an honor having him today with us on this episode. And I just want to thank you, Tom. Thank you for sharing your experiences, sharing your stories. I'm. I, I trust that the listeners, that you guys are being inspired. I mean, I know I'm inspired right now. Actually, I'm thinking, okay, I need to, <clears throat> I needed an outlet. I needed an outlet to 
so some stuff, some stress that I was feeling and I'm like, hey, this is this is something I can start to do and do it my girls as well, come home and we are here at this wonderful campus. There's all kind of stuff around. I'm, I can start to do some abstract art and release some of my daily stress, you know. Go for it. Yeah. So um, as we come to a close, Merv, how can people stay in touch with you? You know, um, as usual, you can go to mdfreedommusic.com. Um, follow me on all social platforms, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, um, at mdfreedommusic. And I'm Alita Sharp, and you can find me, my blog, at alitasharp.com and across social media I'm Alita Sharp Music so I'm on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest for those of you who are there as well Thank you guys for joining us on this week's episode of Music and Life we will see you again next week same time, same place This segment of Music and Life with Alita Sharp and MD has been brought to you by Roots and Honors Creative Music Group Remember to follow us on SoundCloud and subscribe to our YouTube channel